some men, nothing is written unless they write it. Omar Sharif is a pioneer, and I think he should be celebrated with that as one of the first, if not the first, Arab actor to actually cross over and become a Hollywood star in the truest sense of the word. Have you no fear, English? different kinds of roles from these very weighty epics to a charming romance he always had a sort of sparkle in his eye um, and that really came across on screen you crazy girl what are you doing here it's this incredible figure this beautiful fierce soul that's got his astonishing eyes and his astonishing sort of stare everything you say, but not enough to keep you for it. It's a linguist, great bridge player, and also a major one in the story. Omar Sharif was born Michel Dimitri Shadu in 1932 in Alexandria, Egypt, which was to the world for thousands of years. Came from Moscow. You put your knife with a fork and a spoon and it looks quite innocuous. Perhaps you travel with a wife and a child for the same reason. Hello. 90 years ago, on April 10th, 1932, Omar Sharif came into this world. He changed this world as a man, as an actor, as a humanitarian, as a father, as a lover, as a brother, as everything. But first and foremost, he was a trailblazer. Welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. At that time, when Omar Sharif came onto the scene, there were not a lot of Arab actors. In fact, many white actors, since the beginning of film, would put on makeup to look like Asian Americans, to look like Hispanic Americans, to look like African Americans. Of course, that was blackface, and it was very offensive for its time it still is um and then even actors who wanted to look arab and here comes omar sharif from egypt of lebanese descent does a couple of films and then i think i think it was lawrence lawrence of arabia that really introduced him and i don't want to say that he I hate when they say crossed over. It's like, okay, what? If, <laughs> but at the same time, mm, began his career in his native country in the 1950s, but is best known for his appearances in British, American, French, and Italian productions. 
His career encompassed over 100 films spanning 50 years and brought him many accolades, including three Golden Globes and a Caesar Award for Best Actor. I was always in awe of him because he would... And that's the thing of a leading man. He would play these different kind of roles where it's very tender and it's very... There's a humanistic approach to Omar Sharif. But I, I'm trying to think... Ah, here we go. Started out in uh, Egyptian Productions... First one was, uh, let's see, this is the beauty of technology is that we can highlight it. Shaitan Alzara, also known as Devil of the Sahara. That was in 1954. He'd been on the scene a long, long time. Then Sarah Fiawadi, also known as the Blazing Sun, struggle struggle in the valley and fight in the valley. But and and he did many films, and then it was Lawrence of Arabia in 1962, where he played Sharif Ali. Won a Golden Globe for it. He was nominated for his only Academy Award didn't even get nominated for Dr. Zhivago which is what we remember him for because when you say Omar Sharif everyone Dr. Zhivago Yuri Zhivago everybody they remember him for Lawrence of Arabia and then they remember him for Funny Girl where he played uh, Nick uh, Ehrenstein and then also years later, you know, he did uh, he played Che Guevara and Che, and then he was in Hildago with Vigo Mortensen. And what was his last film? His last film was 101 Inventions and in the World of Aban Al Haraham. I want to pronounce it right. He played Grandfather. That was his final film role. 2015. He died July 10th, 2015. Ed Nell Hayton. He was on television. He was in film. He was Omar Sharif. And we're going to take a break and we're going to come back and we're going to dive into this icon and why he is so important. Because he forever changed what a leading man looked like. He had those eyes. He had those dark features. Think of Hollywood at that time. It was not as diverse as it is now. Think about that. The 1960s. And how he changed it. But also, he, he there were some moments... I saw an interview where he talked about funny girl and how because Barbara was so fair, Barbara Streisand they had to put makeup on him to have because he was dark 
And we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about this amazing actor who was beloved. A u- there was a universal following of Omar Sharif. Men and women loved him. Not just for his looks, but for what he brought to every role. He brought humanity to every role, whether it was good or bad. Think of that first time we met him in the West, in Lawrence of Arabia. And what what and and he someone is drinking from his well. And <laughs> the reaction from Lawrence, played by Peter O'Toole, and how it ushered in a, a real-life friendship as well between the actors Peter O'Toole and Omar Sharif. And this, this new age of acting, this, is, this was the 1960s, and this changed everything for Omar Sharif. And as I said, he was nominated. He was only nominated for one Academy Award. Was not nominated as he should have been for Yuri Zhivago and Dr. Zhivago. Dr. Zhivago is such an iconic film. But here we go. This is the beginning. sent from Cairo. Yes. I have been in Cairo for my schooling. I can both read and write. My Lord Faisal already has an Englishman. Yes. What is your name? My name is
he was nothing. The well is everything. The Hazimi may not drink at our well. He knew that. Salam. Hut, hut, hut. Sheriff Ali. So long as the Arabs fight tribe against tribe, so long will they be a little people, a silly people, greedy, barbarous, and cruel, as you are. And that is Omar Sharif's introduction to Hollywood and how it changed everything. It changed. And that wasn't the only time he worked with David Lean. David Lean, the director of Bridge Over the River Kwai, Great Expectations, Ryan's Daughter, Lawrence of Arabia, Passage to India, and Dr. Zhivago. And yesterday was Dr. Uh, <laughs> I almost called him Dr. Zhivago. <laughs> see how see how much he becomes a part of this culture. Yesterday would have been his 90th birthday. And I thought, let's just hear from the man himself. Because he was so brilliant, so inspiring. Um, think of it. Think of this world that we, we would not have an Academy Award winner, Rami Malek, without Omar Sharif. Think about that. And I'm sure if he had lived to see that, he would have been proud. I am not the only one. So, this is, this is the man himself talking about this beautiful career that he had. This is a love story between Yuri Zhivago and Lara, basically. And they don't meet until about two hours into the film. They never meet. You ever come to Moscow? My brother. If only there was someone to look after you. But of course, if there were, I'd be destroyed by jealousy. Zhivago, don't. film. It's quite different from making a, a historical film. This was not a historical film. This was a what they call a saga of love and destiny and fate. No one can 
set, he was all set. I like being doctor. I wish I were. Someone liked Dr. Yubaru because I think he was probably the most perfect person that I have ever heard about. I mean, I can't think of a defect that he had, Yuri Zhivago, the character in the book. I can't see any defects in him. He was perfect. At Turner Classic Movies, when Omar Sharif was still alive, talking about that film. It's very strange about my idea about what I've done in my life. There are some wonderful films that I find a lot of defects in myself when I'm watching them. And there are some lousy films where there is half a minute or a few seconds where I say, that wasn't too bad. Just that half a minute. And sometimes that half a minute is more important to me than the very good things, the very good films that I have done where I didn't very much approve of myself. The role that I think I was less good at doing was Dr. Zhivago. I think I almost ruined that film by being over-emotional. I didn't know the kind of music they would put on it. And so the, the romantic music plus my over-emoting was a bit too much. <laughs> and that's Omar Sharif talking about Dr. Zhivago. Omar Sharif did some really great films. And then in 1968, he was in a film which was very major. Not only for its female star, but for Omar Sharif. It also created a very famous controversy. And so here we go. If you don't know what film I'm talking about, <laughs> um, get ready. Because I don't know how big this is. I'm sorry to disappoint you, but the name's Anstey. She starts singing. Oh my goodness. 
So, are you ready? I wasn't going to talk about it, but I thought, okay. Because it did make headlines. It made headlines um, for all the wrong reasons. And that's the thing with these films. These films, they, they create a, a new life for us. You look at Dr. Zhivago, and Dr. Zhivago, you've got this really great cast. You've got Tom Courtney and um, what was his name? Um, Rod Steiger, Julie Christie, Geraldine Chaplin, um, <laughs> a few who um come to mind and and I'm having to search for them. Yes. There were a lot of very well-known actors in Dr. Zhivago. And at that moment, Omar Sharif was the biggest. There was another actor that was in many of David Lee's Lean's films. And that, of course, we know him as Obi-Wan Kenobi, Mr. Alec, Sir Alec Guinness. Sir Alec Guinness was all, I think he was also in Lawrence of Arabia, as was Anthony Quinn. And I mentioned Anthony Quinn because Anthony Quinn did something that Omar Sharif also did. Was to play different characters you know Omar Sharif spoke five languages Arabic, English, French Italian and Spanish but he also played many different characters in films he played Yuri Zhivago who is um, obviously Russian and then uh, he played Genghis Khan and he played uh, Mr. Nick Onstein in Funny Girl. I think I, I, I saw a clip where he talked about he played like a Mexican character. And and like Anthony Quinn, he played... Because Anthony Quinn would play everything. Okay? Anthony Quinn would play, of course, Zorba the Greek. He would play Spaniards. He played Paul Cezanne, Cezanne in uh, Lust for Life. Won an Oscar for it. You're not Paul Cezanne. Oh, is it Paul Cezanne? Oh, jeez. Now I have to look it up. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is that back then, if you were an actor who was of Hispanic descent or Arab descent, they would look for you to play different characters they wanted to uh, what was it make it more uh, believable and also these were these were not <laughs> white actors but they were they were trying to make it in a white world Lena Horne always talked about that going to Hollywood and you know okay Ah, this is who Anthony Quinn played. Anthony Quinn played French Par 
Paul Gauguin. And so like Quinn, Omar Sharif would play these roles. And I wanted to, if we can go into it, what happened in 1968, okay? Because it, 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 it did rock, it rocked Hollywood. It rocked Hollywood. And... when I ask people about it they're like oh yeah in fact I know that Streisand was gonna write a book about it and let's see oh <laughs> here we go here we go 49 years ago is it 40? No, that was in 2018. So, 53 years ago. 54. Jewish Barbara Streisand and Egyptian Omar Sharif's affair shocked the world. Well, they were hot for each other. That shouldn't be a shock. Oh, I hate how they wrote this. Dark, handsome, witty, talented Omar Sharif and Barbara Streisand's scandalous affair during the filming of Funny Girl made headline news movie's production was underway at the same time as the Israel-Egyptian Six-Day War was breaking out in June of 1967. Sharif was almost fired by the film's producers when a poster of the two stars kissing came out of the following year. The Egyptian government nearly revoked his citizenship since Streisand was such a vocal supporter of Israel. Director William Wyler cast of Funny Girl rehearsed for weeks at Columbia Studios during the summer of 1967. Almost immediately, Sharif was the center of controversy that nearly got him replaced in the film. The Israel-Egyptian Six Days War through Hollywood's Jewish Committee, according to Weiler, wrote, All of the investments in the production were Jewish. The atmosphere in the studio was pro-Israel and my co-star was Jewish. Most of the newspapers backed Israel and I was an Egyptian from Omar Sharif. People in the industry suggested that Sharif's issue a public statement condemning Egypt. Diana uh, Streisand told the press, my daughter isn't going to work within any Egyptian. Producer, whoa, that's fucked up. Producer Ray Stark was ready to break Sharif's contract when Weiler, who was also Jewish, told Stark, we're in America, the land of freedom, and you're ready to make yourselves guilty of the same things we're against. Not hiring an actor because he's Egyptian is outrageous. If Omar doesn't make the film, I don't make it either. Just as cameras began to roll in July of 1967, a publicity photo of Sharif and Streisand kissing was released. The Egyptian press began a campaign to get Sharif's citizenship revoked over the kiss. An Egyptian headline read, Omar kisses Barbara Egypt angry. When asked to comment, Streisand told the press, Egypt angry? You should hear what my Aunt Sarah said. Oh, God. The controversy finally cooled down, but the chemistry between Streisand and Sharif heated up, too. The two married stars began an affair. This is what Sharif said. Omar Sharif. Barbara Streisand, who stuck me as being ugly at first, gradually cast her spell over me. I fell madly in love with her talent and her personality. The feeling was mutual for four months, the time it took to shoot the picture. Oh, my. 
The affair contributed to the breakup of Streisand's already shaky marriage to Elliot Gould. Weiler was aware of the affair and tried to channel their chemistry into their performances. Oh, my. Famous, uh, famously demanding in her very first film, trying to control... Okay, I don't want to talk about that. Yeah, see, that's being negative toward Barbara. I think that's wrong. And negative toward Omar Sharif. Okay. And it was a legendary film. It was a legendary film. Okay, we're getting a little more spicy here. The end of the filming marked the end of the affair. Streisand later said that given the charged atmosphere during the making of the film, it was difficult to put her feelings away once the day's filming ended. Sharif was very complimentary about Streisand, but soon got over their breakup by dating his next co-star, Catherine Deneuve. Okay, here we go. This is what Streisand said on the day of Omar Sharif's passing when he died of Alzheimer's disease. Omar was my first leading man. He was handsome, sophisticated, and charming. He was ever the proud Egyptian. The romantic chemistry between Nick Arnstein and Fanny Bryce transcended stereotypes and prejudice. I feel lucky to have had the opportunity to work with Omar, and I'm proudly, profoundly sad to hear of his passing. With a very little dialogue and a very little bit of awkward singing, Sharif held his own with the charismatic Streisand in Funny Girl. They worked together one more time in Funny Lady, which focuses on the lasting love between Bryce and Arnstein that shadowed her marriage to impresario and songwriter Billy Rose, played by James Caan. They share an unforgettable scene that show, shows all the pain of their love with two words, goddamn toothbrushes, along with the speechless gaze of the two stars to tell their story. Oh, Omar Sharif about Streisand. I was madly in love with her. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And so when we talk about someone like Omar Sharif and what he brought to Hollywood, not just with his performances, but... How he carried himself. Very charismatic. And you could see that. And many of the stars lack that today. <laughs> now, Omar Sharif made many, many films. He worked throughout the decades. And then, what is it? He was in... Um, Okay, here we go. He was in the Tamarind Seed with Julie Andrews. Hello. Expropriators will be expropriated. Is that what you're saying? In a way, yes. Well, you know when you've done something wrong. Your conscience knows. I know when I have made a mistake. That is not the same. I am interested in your theories. Perhaps I am converting you to Marxism. I wonder if it's possible to visit the Haywood Plantation. And you would look for the tamarind tree. You really believe it exists? I don't know, but I'd like to try and find it. I want one of those seeds just to prove something to you. I am Russian. We are the people who invented fairy tales. Mm, like the existence of God. 
You know, it is a good sign that we have many dialectic disagreements and yet get along. We are proving that it is really possible to coexist. Perhaps that's because we're on neutral territory. Too neutral. I'm optimistic. You like me. I can feel it. Are you afraid to make love? Yes. I've just had one miserable love affair, and I don't intend to start another one. Who was he? What did he do to spoil you for me? His name is Richard Patterson. Captain Patterson? And did you... You know him? Only to speak a few words when we meet socially. He was the only man I've been involved with since my husband died. I get the impression you, you had a great friendship with Peter O'Toole. Is that fair to say? I loved him. Really? I loved him. He made me become somebody. I was good. I could play and all that. But to, to be with next to him, to be near him, yes. he made me fantastic. I used to just sit with him and he made me become very good. And did you live together in a tent during the filming? Is that yes, right? Yes, all the time. All the time. We stayed one year. We never saw one woman. Nobody. <laughs> Not one. So, so, we were so, together. So, uh, me and, and him, we were sitting all the night and eating something. And the, 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 seeing all the beautiful the stars. The, the sky yeah. is beautiful and all that. Did you get a drop of whiskey at all? Nothing. Nothing. We never worked another woman, ever. For one year, we stayed with no women. Did you make up for... I think you remember this, Omar. <laughs> I was going to ask you, did you make... It's made me, I don't do it anymore. No. no. I gave it away. <laughs> they put me always, they said, you are going to have... I did, I forgot to be with women anymore. Fem oh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, I, I don't know if I believe we that, Omar. That. All yeah. of you, I, nothing. I didn't speak to anyone anymore. For a long time. When, when uh, David Lean, well, you worked obviously very closely with David Lean. Great. You, you enjoyed working with him, the obviously. The best well. one I loved in really? my life. In my life. And can I tell me why? We made two, two yeah. films together. Yes. One after the other. Yes. And he was brilliant. He was a brilliant actor. In the film, there was not one woman in the film. <laughs> but he didn't. But he had a little girl. He didn't tell us. That's which right. was in her, board, in her place where she stayed with her. But there was the only woman who stayed with, with, the, with the captain. With That's the, the director, you know. The director know, had, a, had, a, had a lady keeping company. That was the whole reason they That's stayed right. a year in the desert. <laughs> <laughs> That's Omar Sharif talking about David Lean. The two films that they made together, Lawrence of Arabia, and of course, Dr. Zhivago. Here is something from 1966. Presenting the awards for the best actor and best actress in a dramatic motion picture are one of our brightest young stars, Miss Jill St. John, and former Academy Award winner, Mr. George Shakira. Right. For the best actor in a drama, the nominees are... Rex Harrison for The Agony and the Ecstasy, Sidney Poitier for A Patch of Blue, Omar Sharif for Dr. Zhivago, Rod Steiger for The Pawnbroker, and Oscar Werner for Ship of Fools. May I have the envelope? 
I would like to say that uh, there are only, I think, two foreign press correspondents from the Middle East. So, <laughs> in case you were wondering, you know. Uh, thank you very much indeed. Thank you. So the Hollywood Foreign Press. See what he just mentioned? <laughs> oh my. That was. Uh, he unfortunately didn't win the Oscar, wasn't even nominated for Dr. Zhivago, but won the Golden Globe for playing Dr. Zhivago. It is an epic film. That is what he will be remembered for, is Dr. Zhivago, because it was such a iconic role. Just about.
If learning the truth is the scientist's goal, then he must make himself the enemy of all that he reads. So that the the clip before that was Doctor Zhivago, Laura, and Zhivago and the Ice Palace, and then after that, that's a trailer from Omar Sharif's final film, One Hundred and One Inventions. So here we go. Let's dive back into Omar Sharif and Doctor Zhivago. So that is, oh, Dr. Zhivago, I, I, I have to go back and watch that. That's such a great film. And so first and foremost, I wanted to do this. I was going to do it last night, but I had to work and I did a different show. But you think of the world now, you think of actors now, the diversity and the inclusiveness. And at that time, there were not a lot of Arab actors. Omar Sharif broke the mold of the of the leading actor, along with Sidney Poitier, along with George Chakiris, uh, Anthony Quinn, it, and it, it was a diverse. It was not as diverse as it is now, and but also, Omar Sharif was really good looking, and you could see that, and and it came through not only in his performances, but when he didn't have to speak a word and he's having to emote with those eyes he had those eyes and then he had that voice and that presence and and that is the makings of a of a true actor and a true movie star is someone is of that caliber and of that chemistry mr omar sharif and so omar sharif thank you for giving us these films that we will always remember and for playing Yuri Zhivago, which he said was a very perfect character. 
and how he wished that he had a little bit of Yuri Zhivago in him. Now, here's an interesting factoid. At the opening of Dr. Zhivago, there is young Yuri Zhivago, and he is played by Omar's real-life son, Tarek Sharif. Now, Tarek Sharif, his son, is Omar Sharif Jr., who is an actor, a Canadian, an Egyptian, an LGBTQ activist. And, in fact, in 2011, he, uh, Kurt Douglas was going to give out the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress and him and Kurt did this really kind of bit, funny bit and everyone was like, who's the good looking young man? Well, it was Omar Sharif's grandson, Omar Sharif Jr. His namesake. <sighs> and so, that's the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. Is uh, Talking about this... I've talked to so many people who loved Dr. Zhivago and Lawrence of Arabia. That is also a testament to the brilliant sub-filmmaker, David Lean. David Lean, who, if you wanted an epic, you know where to go. You know who to go to, and that was David Lean. But to be able to work with Omar Sharif twice, and to really just bring out these performances... And how Omar Sharif played Yuri Zhivago, who was this poet. And David Lean said to him, you know, I want you to do something very difficult. I want you to do nothing. I don't want you to act at all. He said, because how are they going to prove this man is a poet? And so that's where they show these beautiful images as Yuri Zhivago is looking at him. And as his face is emoting, as he's looking at this, or when he sees something that him or enrages him the face that's the beauty of Omar Sharif is he didn't really have to say a lot you could just tell by his eyes and his body language and, and that performance how iconic it was and how universal Omar Sharif is he is still in our in our consciousness and he died in 2015 and I urge all of you to watch Lords of Arabia, Dr. Zhivago, Hildago, because he is in Hildago, and then 101 Inventions, Funny Girl, and Funny Lady. <laughs> if you want, I mean, if, uh, that, there are certain films where if you, if you watch the actors, you can tell something went on. And with Funny Girl, you can see it. You can see that spark. You can't act that. You cannot act that chemistry. And so, as always, unpleasant dreams and um, enjoy the films. <laughs>